It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Javaris Robinson wasn't enough? This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I am Tanitra Batiste, and joining me are Jarvis Davis and Brian Gephardt. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Atlanta Football Party is also brought to you by, well, FanDuel, of course, but also is part of, rather, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And guys, the fun never stops in Athens because off-season workouts for the dogs have officially begun. So, of course, we'll talk workouts and we'll talk about how the world thinks some team members who are running it back measure up with the elite across the nation. But before we do that, Jarvis, we got to go with our top takes of things that have happened in Dog Nation the last couple of days. And you said it was a robbery gone wrong for Robinson. Oh, my gosh. Like, when you think about plans and things that college coaches, come, you know, try to implement, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's easy to do the off-season workouts because you can understand what you're dealing with. You understand your roster and all that stuff, right? But when it when you're trying to... <clears throat> Uh, do a uh, go into Tuscaloosa and uh, nag a couple of folks, which you did. He was able to do. He was get, able to get Travaris Robertson, who looks like he's going to be a, a very good asset to this team. He's a, he's a co-defensive coordinator. He got a nice, substantial raise. And everybody said that, hey, he was the guy that recruited Mr. Downs. And they ended up not getting him. So it's just, for me, it, I just look at it from a standpoint of, was that guy the the guy if you weren't trying to get Caleb Downs? If Caleb Downs wasn't available, if you knew that he wasn't going to be available mm-hmm. or Nick Saban was going to retire, would you still have gone after Travaris Robinson? And I think that, you know, obviously with Nick Saban not retiring, he, of course he probably would have stuck around. But just given the situation and, and the, the player that was available and the guy that you obviously went after, it just seems like, you know, he may have went in there and stole someone that, you know, he probably wouldn't have wanted if this other guy was available. And that's kind of, and it doesn't seem like it's quite right because we know Kirby Smart used to give him what he wants because he's that type mm-hmm. of guy. So, but I, I think that with everything that, that has happened, I'm sure that Kirby Smart is going to figure this thing out. But it just, it was kind of interesting to see that news uh, come out on Friday that, you know, they didn't, he didn't get the guy that he yeah. initially wanted. And I think we definitely had that conversation, Brian, about how it could go and knowing that Ohio State was in the mix. I know you tweeted out about that as well. But I think knowing that another team is in the mix and seeing everything that always seems to go Georgia's way. I mean, they were riding, still riding high off of getting a, the flip of K.J. Bolden. So everything looked like, you know, the college football universe revolved around Athens and it it still does it's not one player who mm-hmm. makes or breaks it well at least not this one player who makes or breaks it because they already had a strong secondary 
But I do think we were all like, <gasps> like there was a collective gasp because I don't think anybody really thought it was really going to happen that he was going to head to Columbus. Yeah, it was one of those situations where they got T-Rob and then he thought, okay, connect the dots. Here it is. Boom, boom, boom. It's this whole linear thing. It's weird because in a way it's not a win for, for Kirby or T-Rob, but it's it's better than losing out and him staying at Alabama, him going True. to Ohio State and kind of getting out of your way. So you don't have to face him necessarily next year unless, of course, you run into him uh, in the playoffs. And it's one of those things, too, where the secondary is still going to be in really good shape. They got a really good – I mean, the, the collective coaching staff between T-Rob and Kirby and Muschamp still being an analyst on this team, like the secondary is going to be just fine. It was just when you see that and it's right in front of you of, wow, they could potentially be putting together one of the best secondaries we may ever see in college football. So I think that's going to be dialed back a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, it seems as though Ohio State just – you know, I think the thing that people missed out on we, when we touched on last week is they really were number two last year in that recruiting effort. Um, yeah. And once he left, it was like, okay, I think he, I think he really reassessed everything, uh, Caleb Downs, that is. And it wasn't just, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to follow my coach over here. And I think he's been really thorough through the process, both when he was recruited the first year and this year. And listen, the way these things go, who knows where Caleb Downs is going to be playing football in 2025 <laughs> to him yep. this season. <laughs> I thought the same, Brian. I was like, yeah, I said, and we'll talk more about some of the underlying factors that may have gotten him to Ohio State in the next segment. And not just that, but we're going to talk a little bit about not just what gets him there, but kind of how this points to the state of what's going on in college football, college sports, and with name, image, and likeness with that entire situation. But that said, BG, Georgia rolls on. Georgia still has off-season workouts. And like you said, part of what's going to make the secondary be even better than what we saw last year is if they can get some help by an improved D-line, for example. But you were saying there are some great things about that off-season program that maybe is the most underrated part of the off-season program so far. What do you think that might be? Yeah, I mean, the last few weeks, I think the biggest thing for Georgia is the fact that they were able to keep Glenn Schumann through the, through this whole process. I just mm, think, yeah, you know, yeah, the fact that you brought over T-Rob and you're able to convince not only him, but Schumann to be co-DCs. Not everybody would go for that, for the pedigree that both of those guys have. Indeed. I actually had the fear that when DeBoer came over and T-Rob left to go to uh, Georgia, that there was a potential that Schumann would go right back to Alabama and they would both just have their own roles because – the thing that people forget about Schumann is he is a Bama guy. Like he went yeah, to Bama, yeah. his, his wife's from there. That's his home, much like Kirby in Athens and Georgia is, is his home here. So, and we're still seeing all the fallout from the, um, from Saban's retirement. We officially are yeah. now reaching from all the way affecting Buffalo to San Jose <laughs> State. We've crossed the entire country. CBS put out a, a great article earlier this morning. Uh -huh. that, but um, the fact that Georgia was able to keep Glenn Schumann as, yeah, and yeah. keep him as a co-DC was such a win over the last few weeks. And, it, and when you think about that continuity that you have on, on the defensive side of the football, because even though Will Muschamp, you know, obviously due to family reasons, want to be able to go see his kids, go play college ball, you know, because he those he got a freshman getting ready to go. I think Vanderbilt, and, and then built, he uh -huh. got, and then of course he got his um, son that's a senior walk on. At Georgia. So I think it's just and you understand it, right? It just makes a lot of sense. So for Kirby to be able to keep that veteran presence, right, with Muschamp and then keep Glenn Schumann around, like you mentioned, BG, I think it's all about continuity and, and making sure that you have the right guys teaching these guys 
what they what what they need to know. And as far as you know, as far as the defensive scheme standpoint, because you want these guys to continue to develop, because that's what Kirby's big thing. That yeah. dude will not only get the best guys come in; those guys actually get better once they walk through that door. Indeed, and that's something that I think. You don't take lightly because, and I'm going to just use an analogy of something that a colleague of mine at my other gig, we were talking about earlier this morning. When you have the opportunity to play alongside, and you guys know this as well as former athletes, when you have the opportunity to play alongside one, two, five more players that you played alongside the year before, you guys know each other's tendencies. You guys know how to push each other's buttons as well as the coaching staff. So yeah, I think that the off-season workouts for Georgia are... For me, I feel like they're on 10 because, yeah, you lost some in the transfer portal. Obviously, you'll lose some going to the NFL draft. But how many times have we on the football party come in each week since the end of the quote unquote regular season of the college football season and said, whoa, another one's coming back. Okay, another dog's coming back. So many have signed on to where I think that's also, Brian, to your point, maybe an underrated part of the offseason is that, hey, if I'm Jarvis right here and I lined up next to Brian last season and I lined up next to Tanitra, of course, she would have to be the kicker in college football. But anyway, if you lined up next to <laughs> you guys, part. right, but I, I can do my part. But like, right. you know, if you guys lined up next to each other, it's like, okay, BG knows JD's tendencies and vice mm-hmm. versa. So now, man, I know where we were effective last season. I know where we could have been more effective this season. So I don't have to necessarily just lean on the coaching staff to be the ones that coach us up to greatness. And those guys all have that fire in their belly. So I do think that while, yes, it's a disappointment in losing a guy like, you know, Caleb Downs. Well, you got Traveris Robinson now, and you got a guy like that to where you know he's still good on that recruiting trail and we know you're yeah. looking you're Kirby so you've already started looking to 25 26 and beyond so I say once again Georgia wins just like they always do we're always having that conversation as well right guys that somehow some way in the most dynamic of ways Kirby always makes it happen and we're going to talk a little bit more about it between the edges some really cool things coming out about this group maybe way too early but we'll see if bg and jarvis agree on the other side this episode of our atlanta football party is brought to you by FanDuel. now guys you know that the nfl regular season wrapped up a couple weeks ago but boy has it still been so much fun to watch unless you bet the wrong way. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys are out there doing it the right way, then FanDuel has to be your new BFF. Why? Because it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And I'm going to just remind you guys that if you look at your calendar, you're about two and a half weeks away, maybe three weeks away from Valentine's Day, $150 probably will do you some good right now. This app is also pretty darn easy. One of the most user-friendly apps that I've tried. And there's so many different ways that you can make the bet. Live same game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is actually the best way to find popular parlays. And of course, so much more once you get to digging into the app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, guys. So it's back to going between the hedges. You know, 
a few college football programs can say that they won the offseason. Obviously, we were just talking about the fact that despite the loss of a Caleb Downs, Georgia still can consider itself having won the offseason. Now, there's some other schools on that list that include the likes of Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oregon, Texas, et cetera, et cetera. But there's something that these four programs, maybe more so than any across the whole wide world of college sports, have in common, and that's NIL money. Many people feel like, in fact, Downs chose Ohio State over Georgia because of the $13 million that Ohio State has allegedly spent to build an elite roster for just pennies on the dollar, if we're being honest about it. 13 mil is pretty much nothing when you talk about what I'll say the dowry of these programs has available to them. But that said, Jarvis, when you think about that, you look at it and you say, yeah, but did Kirby's plan not go down? No pun intended, down like he wanted to. Or is losing out on downs really just another example of how this system works and how much it still needs to be fixed pretty quickly? I think it's a, I don't know if it's, I, I'll say this. I think it's an example of, of just the world that we live in now. True. Because let's just keep it funky. Like, I want people to really understand how college football has been going. Like, this is, thing, this stuff has been going on for a long time. Yeah, like, true. We just, we just put a name to it and it's out in the open now. Not necessarily from a number standpoint, you know, there's some some sketchiness as far as like exact numbers and exact contracts and all that right. stuff and privacy, you know, numbers being released and everything like that. But mm-hmm. for me, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. And and for me, I, I that's why I understand like when the Band-Aid fully got pulled off mm-hmm. and they came up with this NIL, they put a name to it how on how guys were going to get paid and all you start all see, seeing all these collectors popping up. Like, this is where we are. And it's the, all the NCAA's fault because having these archaic rules in place about the coach can't even buy, buy a player anything to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's weird. Like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever. How can it, like, the guy that, I'm, that I've chose to, um, or my parents have allowed me to go to to be entrusted with my safety and health and all that stuff, schooling, all of that, I can't, he can't give me some money to go give him something to eat? Like, that, that makes no sense. Right. So it's just those little things like that that have piled up over the, all these years, and here we are. And a lot of people are, don't like it, but, hey, this has been going on for a long time, and this is what it is. Like you said, until until they come up some way to re- uh, regulate this doggone thing, this is just what it is, and this is how it's going to be. Yeah, and kudos to to Caleb Downs for doing what he needed to do and, and choosing the best path for him because, again, everybody – around Atlanta and Georgia and Georgia based fans and everything are going to be like, Oh, why didn't you just come here? And it's this guy was one of the best players in the country as a true freshman last year. He led Alabama in tackles first freshman ever do it since 1970. He should be able to go wherever he wants to go and and capitalize on that. And we see it even more so over the last few years, even after the bandaid ripped, got ripped off. Like Jarvis said with coaches jumping around. I mean, look at this coaching movement. So, You've got to you've got to do what's best for you. And I have no issue with the schools that have the money capitalizing on these situations, because I do think at some point it's going to be regulated in some way. I I feel like we're headed towards contracts and and what that looks like. I have no idea. You know, I don't know if that's a one year or two year or four year unions. And then that's a whole other piece. Agents. You have to allow someone like Caleb Downs to you know, cash in and, and do what he can. And again, like yeah. we mentioned uh, in that last segment was 
who, who he might be at Ohio State for a year and he might go get the bag somewhere else. And if he wants yep. to, good for him. Go get it. Yeah. Especially because right now it's not regulated. So he's not doing no. anything wrong. These kids, it's frustrating, but it, it's not wrong. It's not illegal. And like you said, Jarvis, who in the world, especially let's, let's be real guys at 18, 19, 20. Okay. We know some of them, 21, 22, 23, but we digress. But at that young age, who on this podcast would have said, no, I just really want to play for this school because I love playing for this school. And no, that million dollar, $2 million, $3 million option over there. I'm just going to pass. Team, said let me, no one. No, let me let me let me say something. Let me get tell you a little story. Let me go back to all but take you down to Albany, Georgia, real quick. Like there was this one time, like we were waiting on our refund checks, and I, and my homeboy and I will never forget it. We talk about it to this day, and this was twenty over twenty years ago. Uh-huh. We were sitting there waiting on our refund checks, waiting on our refund checks. They didn't come. We had stuck around. We had no money to go home to try, you know, to get home. And obviously our parents at the time didn't have any money for us to come home to send us to, uh, so we can come home. And I'm sitting there like going in the refrigerator. All we got in that mug is some flour and water tea. And we try <laughs> to figure out a way to make pancakes with just flour and water. And let me tell you, <laughs> I think we had one piece of turkey bacon. And I think me and my boy split a piece of turkey bacon and some flour and water. I can't call it pancakes because that wasn't what it was. But yeah, like I remember those moments. Yeah. That's why I think right now, if if you 18, I would probably would have been at least at least two schools, G. At least two schools after I committed <laughs> and went to and played my freshman year. Come right. on now. Yeah. And I'm up here balling to the point where, hey man, we want to come. You happy down there? Come on. I had I had those offers with no money involved. And I considered them. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just like I, I just feel like people don't don't have enough talent to understand that somebody wants you that bad enough or or you've never been in a situation where somebody wanted you that much. People like that, they don't understand. Like yeah, this, the what these cats are going through because it, the leverage is real, and I I'm sitting back smiling. Eighteen year old me is just like, yes, go get that money. Exactly. But the adult in me is like, oh my god, they need to regulate this somehow. Right. <laughs> you guys are talking about 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. Right. Shoot, well into my thirties, me right now. I'm gonna go follow that tag, right? I mean, you know, I'm loyal to people. Right. But yeah. I'm, loyal, I'm, I'm loyal to that money as well. So if you got you yeah. got to make a check that you're gonna write for me. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over that way. So. I, and that's, I think, one of the ironic things about this whole thing, right? We got all right, these exactly, grown-ups saying, hey, you should do this or you should do that or you should be right. loyal. It's like if you got offered the same thing, the same right. job with a different company and you're getting mm-hmm. paid X more to go do the exact same work, more or less, yep. you're going to leave and go do it. There is no difference. Three, four that. times that more, BG. You're that much more talented right. about something at a younger age. So right. capitalize on that. You know? right. And if yeah. you're so concerned about, and I get the people who are actually legitimately concerned. Like I'll tell you, for me, my legitimate concern is I'm waiting for the NCAA or some entity just to put in place the same program and they have it, but to implement, enforce or enhance it, right? Because basketball has it, NBA, MLB, NFL, they all have a program that rookies have to go through, the symposium. And you can get fined if you don't go through the symposium, but it's really for your good because basically, and I'll take the NFL as an example, they're basically saying that the average player has a lifespan that 
just gets you right there to uh, what is it called? Like your retirement plan, right? Right. Um, and yeah, vesting. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So right there at the moment of vesting is when the average player's career unfortunately fails. Their bodies fail them, and so they're trying to educate them to make sure they understand what the fallout could be. That's where I am. I just want these guys to know so that if an injury happened and money that was supposed to come to you is off the books, then there would be a way for you to be able to still you know, get past that and still either get your degree if that's what you want to do or whatever it is, you just have a plan. That's that's my biggest thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm like, okay, as the former dancer who would get the residuals from what the basketball team got, I'd be like, no, please get your money because if you get this i at least get this and i don't have to worry about student loans so it's it's all of those other things and all of the other pieces that are involved that i think sometimes we don't we don't consider the nuances of it as adults we just say what we say and then we just kind of keep it moving but real quick want to ask you guys this question before we wrap up we talked about the way too early returns and listen our Atlanta football party audience, we're going to talk about this and have fun with it throughout the offseason because, hey, there's a list coming out every week. So the way too early returns on the Heisman race has a bunch of lists that have Carson Beck as a finalist. And so I wanted to ask BG, is Beck truly a Heisman favorite for next season? Jarvis, who is on your early short list as well from I'm Georgia? Gonna... Well, I guess, you know what? I'll open it up. <laughs> I'm going to take a little cop out answer here because I think he's a favorite to be a finalist. I don't like him to like win it overall. Yeah. I just think given given the schedule and we've talked about it a good bit with the you know uh, Clemson and Texas and Ole Miss and Bama and all these games. I think there's going to be so many moments that he has the potential for that Heisman capability. But we know how Kirby likes to do it. We know how Georgia likes to do it. It's going to be a grind it out, run the football. Here's the rock here in the fourth quarter. The, the guy that I like, and it's, you know, we've had so much negative attention with this program over the last week or two, is Jalen Milrow at, at 12 to 1 with Kalen DeBoer coming in. Mm. And I think it's because yeah. I, I think this is going to be great for Jalen Milrow's progress. And it may not ne be necessarily great for Alabama, but I think him as a quarterback, he's going to take a, another step. And they're going to be, in, they're losing guys like Caleb Downs. They're losing a couple pieces on defense. They lost one of their offensive. They're going to be in games where they have to put up more points and not be able to grind it out. So I think Milrow might wind up having a really good year by proxy. And uh, look what that staff just did with Michael Penix, who's a really talented yes. player. I think Milrow could have a great season next year. Indeed. Ooh, BG, I got one for you too. How about this? You know Tate Rattler's coming back, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Cedric Fran Pran going out the door, but you know, we got some got, got Bulldogs got somebody that can stick in. How about the guy who Carson Beck is going to be handing the ball off to this year? Trevor Etienne. We yeah. know how much Georgia likes to grind it out, right? Mm -hmm. We know that offensive line is probably going to be one of the best in the country this year yeah. again. So, yeah, I think that there's a possibility that, the, and we know he led the uh, Florida Gators in touchdowns last year, touchdown scores last year. So, this guy, we know how dynamic is he is. His brothers are down there in Jacksonville, and you understand what he's able to do on the NFL level, on the professional level. So I really feel like Trevor Etienne could be a sneaky little potential Heisman favorite because we know what Georgia running backs do. If they if they get on a roll, like like I think they will get on, like he will get on the roll this year with this up behind this offensive line. Their Georgia, then Georgia would definitely have uh, at least one finalist, and, and it potentially could be Trevor Etienne. And I like what you're both saying because, yep, the answer is Georgia. When we come back, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more <laughs> and ask me anything in just a minute.
All right, guys, we're going to do a little AMA Dogs edition. Now, you guys, we have been supporters and we continue to be supporters of this Georgia Bulldogs men's basketball team because they are doing some great things under Mike White. And we got a little intel in how they've been able to be so cohesive and successful this season. Jabir Abdul-Rahim joined 92.9 The Game today, and he was talking a little bit about the experiences that that team has had together. And I just love talking to him because he reminds me so much of his dad who I had an opportunity to talk to, of course, his dad being over the G League uh, for the NBA. And boy, I tell you, this kid, Jabri, is just, he's sharp. He's really sharp. So he's talking about their experience of taking a trip to Italy ahead of the season. And it made me think, guys, what was your favorite team trip from your playing days? And what trip do you wish you would have been able to take back in your playing days? Uh, I'll take this one first here, Jarvis. Um, there's two for me. One, One's almost like I get to play the old school guy because we didn't go to anywhere fancy like <laughs> Italy or like right. or anything. We right. went to Tennessee Tech. That was our summer camp between junior <laughs> and senior year. But here's a couple different reasons why I love to reference it. We were still doing three a days. It was that old oh. turf field. So anybody who ever complains about like the current turf, we're in the middle of July, right? So oh. it's all the, you know, I can pull the back in my day when – we did this, this, but we really did have such a camaraderie and it was such a thing. And it was just a different level of like work ethic at that time. And we really honed in and uh, it was a newer school that I had played for at the time. And then we wound up actually going 500 in my senior year, which was a big deal because we, we only won one game the, the year before because the school was just brand new. So we really did become a, a unit, especially like the offensive line group that I was a part of. But I'll always remember that and kind of the the grind and the struggle that we went on. Uh, there and it's always just something I can reference back. Like my nephew's starting to play ball now, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. these two a days and none of the contact and all that, which is all good. I'm I'm here for player safety, but right. you know it's uh, interesting to actually go through that. Um, mm -hmm. And and those old turf fields, those things would get to like 120 degrees, and they would be like concrete, and they were brutal. But but we had a blast. We had a great yeah. time. I'll never forget it. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the South Georgia weather, man. Oh, gosh. It, you can see the heat when you walk outside. Oh, it's, it's yeah. so waves. It's so hard. Oh, yep. Don't see the waves. Exactly. You just see, literally see heat waves. Yep. So, yeah, it, it's actually crazy. But, yeah, I got one, too. We, this was, I think, my junior year. We played in the Gold Coast Classic. Played against Morehouse. We played out uh the old San Diego, uh, Qualcomm. Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego, where San Diego oh, yeah. Charger used to play. So, it was... It was so cool because, you know, it was a lot of guys the first time flying and like to see a guy that's six, five and 450 pounds back there sweating in the back of a plane because he's scared to fly. It was it was so for me, like I like I like fine humor in a lot of stuff. I know people's fears and all that stuff. But for me to be able to see that, you kind of understand you get closer to those guys. You feel a, a close connection to those guys. And when we finally got out there, it was so funny. Like we found out about a lot of people. You know how sometimes you can put on a little front for for a little while, and then when you go out, when you go out of town, that's when you really find out who the bad kids are. Because <laughs> we had some guys that end up going walking over the border, going to Tijuana, and you know looking for stuff they should be looking for. And I'm just like, man, what are y'all doing, man? <laughs> we have to play a game. You do you want to get caught over there by the, old, the federales? You know, you want to get caught by the federales? You know, or the policia? Like you don't want to get caught up like that. So it was just. Like it, it, it was, it was so funny to be able to just kind of find out, you know, about guys and how they yeah. kind of interact 
once they get out of the element, right? Because, you know, being down in the, in the country town, all being in practicing and all that stuff. But when you gather all that up and take it somewhere else, nobody's ever been before or, or go somewhere that, you know, that most people haven't been before. It was, it was really cool to watch. And I think that, you know, you get to know people better, like more, you know, your teammate, the the better that continuity cup I'm talked about, like I do when talked about it's, it's, it's something about that. Like yeah. you talk about the continuity and everything, especially in college, because yeah. I know some of the guys that I played with in college, like those are my friends for life, man. Yeah. And for, for to be able to experience those things and be able to talk about them now as an adult, it's kind of cool. And it's very funny looking back on now that you think about it. Like y'all oh, just yeah. got locked up, man. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, if you, right. Like you realize it. And for me, like we didn't take any like big time trips back then because mm-hmm. we were just kind of starting, but our, dance team is now like super award-winning but we actually that was the first when I was a dancer that was the first time our team had ever won anything but what I liked about it was it was so cool because back then like okay you know how our stations are like our radio stations right now like there's an urban station and then there's a a pop station or a top 100 or whatever back then Mm -hmm. everybody just listened to everything I mean so I have such an appreciation that's kind of why I have an appreciation for so many different musical genres because Mm -hmm. each like trip we would like some someone or multiple dancers would choose who we were going to listen to that day, who we're going to listen oh, to nice. that night coming. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah. how I like really began to appreciate so many different musical tastes, very eclectic, some very traditional. And I think that to your point, it's that camaraderie. Right. Yeah. And so those are still some of the girls See? I hang out with to, to th- this day. And we had the football players that always made the trips interesting for obvious reasons but you were gonna say Jarvis <laughs> I was just gonna say uh that's how I got introduced to Trick Daddy because I had heard of Trick Daddy of course but oh my gosh right. me somebody from Florida oh you you bet not b-e-d-t-k-n-o-t yeah I know I messed it up sorry y'all. <laughs> you bet not talk about Trick Daddy in any type right. of way that might even seem like He's oh, yeah. not the best rapper of all time. Alive, go, right. You know? Yeah. Right. The best rapper alive. Like, seriously. So, yeah. It was... it That music taste is, is definitely an interesting one because, yeah. you know, being able to kind of... Um, I actually found out about Flauger's, uh father. You know, he was a big-time rapper down in Savannah. Uh, camouflage. Camouflage, yeah. Uh-huh. And he, um, he was real big for those guys from Savannah. So, I played with a lot of cats from there. They introduced me to him. So, when I... When I when they went on their run last year and won, won it all, I was like, Flau J, wait a minute. And she started talking about her dad, talking about she's from Savannah. I'm like, I, I remember your daddy. So, so I, I really felt old at that point. I, I was going like, to say, right, right then. Right <laughs> It all came together. It yeah, all came cool together. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, we have to say goodbye to someone who's gone. Well, is it a someone? Who's gone to the upper room, fondly known as Q. The dog's mascot, Ugatin, passed away peacefully in his sleep this morning. He was 65. 65. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm like, you know, dog calculations of years is very interesting. It starts at 15 and then it reduces to like at seven. So when he's a two year old, technically he's like a 22 or 23 year old. And then it breaks down every year from there. It's like minus, you know, you add four years, four years, four years. And then it's also done by weight. So the way I calculated his weight and the fact that he was born in 2013, but he didn't make it to his birthday this year, he sh- I think he should be like 65. Oh, but gosh. yeah. Wow. So yeah. to Ugga 10. He, he, a- was the, he was the man. 
what a run what a run for Aga yeah, 10 yeah. too so yeah, the yeah. actual the, the first day he got the collared as they call it um was the the first night that they did the uh phone thing like light up sanford so once that became a thing oh. that was back in 2015 so he's been you know from that run up until uh the end of last season but yeah two national titles two sec titles i don't that's going to be a tough one to, to follow up on. Boom, the new one, UGA 11. Right. Like, I'll go 11, I should say. Um, he is 13-1 and one so far. So off to, off to a good start. But that's yeah. going to be tough to match the two national titles that Q brought to the table. Absolutely. Indeed. You got your work cut out for you. We're looking for you to rise up and raise up, Boom, because we have some expectations of you, right? All right. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for stopping by the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't done it already. And if you have, then tell a friend. Come back tomorrow for the Atlanta Basketball Party. We'll see you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.